Jesus, you are at the center of it all. Our lives are meaningless without you in the center of it, Jesus. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for the ability to worship and to praise you. We, we praise you and thank you for the worship that's been brought to us this morning from these young people. We ask a blessing upon each person here, each person watching online. In your name, amen. Well, good morning. Today we're going to continue a series that we started last week called Hot Mess. See, last week we defined what that phrase means. What is a hot mess? Essentially, the phrase is popular in culture to describe something or someone that's out of control. Chaos is often associated with the phrase. So in this series, we're going to talk about the parts of our lives that fall into this category. Last week, we spent time learning about what to do when our family is a hot mess. Well, today, we're going to take another step in the process. We're going to talk about our schedules, which is an area of our lives which can get a bit chaotic from time to time. See, this sermon is really for me. I'm preaching to myself because I'm not a very good person at keeping a balanced schedule. I have a full-time job. Most of you know I'm an attorney. I have a full-time job. Just finished up a murder trial. Sometimes running a church feels like a full-time job. I also started teaching again. So I guess I have three jobs currently at the moment. So how do I balance a schedule? Perhaps the better question is, how do I not balance the schedule? Because I'm better at not balancing it than I am at balancing it. You see, ultimately what, you, what I have to try and figure out what to do, how I have to try and balance, is to carve out areas of time. And that is what I try my best to do. Sometimes I succeed, many times I don't. But I, I try to compartmentalize as much as I can. When I leave work, when I leave the courthouse, I leave it at the courthouse. I don't bring it home with me. I don't bring it to the church. At least I try not to. I try to leave it where it is. And when I come to, to work on church stuff, I try to do just church-related stuff. Same thing with teaching. I try to leave it as teaching. So I try to compartmentalize as much as I can so that my schedule, even though it is crazy, doesn't feel quite so crazy. See, the truth is, there's no fancy way there's no quick fix to deal with a schedule that's just too full. I have, I've lived that life. I'm living that life. And maybe some of, us, some of you here today, either in person or online, know exactly what that feels like. And quite frankly, it's not that appealing. In fact, it's a mess. You can call it a hot mess. The reason we're talking about our schedules today is because of the repercussions of a chaotic and a full schedule we'll have to those closest to you. They are the ones most directly impacted by your schedule and your time management or mismanagement skills, as the case may be. See, what if our discussion today and that of last week go hand in hand? See, I want to share with you a few ideas that the Bible tells us that will help us regain a manageable schedule rather than one that is a chaotic hot mess. 
So today, I want to begin in the second chapter of the Bible, because I believe it lays the very groundwork that for us today. And what is that first step we take toward reevaluating our schedule to make sure that we are healthy? Quite simply, it's a Sabbath rest. Genesis chapter 2 says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating he had done. Now, that Sabbath idea for some may be a new idea. For others who've been in this church for a long time, it's not a new idea. But God created the heavens and the earth in six days. Then on the seventh day, the Bible says that he rested from all of his work. God rested. Now, did the all-powerful God rest because he got tired? Absolutely not. In fact, Jesus tells us these words in John chapter 5. He says, in his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. So how can this be? There's this idea in theology called a biblical tension. Essentially, when reading the Bible, we must hold two verses like these in tension with one another. When we do, we see that God isn't resting in Genesis 2 because he was tired. Instead, he seems to be putting forward, putting into motion a model for us as humans to follow. He desires for us to become more and more like him each and every day. So the the creator of the entire cosmos shows us what it's like to take a break from work. He shows us that if he can stop working, then we can too. Now, how many of you know that there's a difference between rest and a Sabbath rest? See, this very well could make or break your schedule. And it reminds me of a time when I finished my first semester of law school. See, that that first semester of law school, and this is really a law school thing, you have no grades the entire semester. The entire grade comes down to one exam at the end of the semester. Talk about a little bit of stress. So you you get to that end of that first semester, and in the library, everyone was there with their books open, cramming and cramming and cramming, and and I was there too, but I, I reached a point that I just couldn't learn anymore. I probably could have forced myself to, but I reached a point where I was like, you know what? I need to get out of this place. So I packed up my bags, walked out of the library, and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. What are you doing? The exam is tomorrow. I had reached my boiling point. I got in my car, I drove to Grandfather Mountain, and went hiking. I needed a break. Now, this was before I had even become a Seventh-day Adventist. In fact, I had never even heard the term Seventh-day Adventist at that point. But I knew internally I needed a break. I needed a rest. So I did. Now, that rest for me was getting out into nature. It wasn't going home and sleeping. I just needed to get away from a library and a bunch of books and a bunch of people stressed out about an exam. Now, I can say that my grade probably reflected that. 
but my mental health was probably better than some of the others. See, maybe you can relate with this season in my life from law school. Either way, you can get the best sleep you've ever had and still feel exhausted. Why? Because you haven't made time for a Sabbath rest. See, Sabbath rest looks different from just pausing from your work that you've been doing the other six days of the week. It means doing something else with your time. Sabbath rest is an act of faith, which means that it isn't easy to do, and it can feel a bit overwhelming. And if I'm honest with you, it's a struggle for me. You see, those of us who come up on the stage and serve in a church, Sabbath isn't very restful, the Sabbath day. In many churches, whether they're Adventist or not, most people who get up and preach or get up and sing, they take another day of the week off as a Sabbath day. But for me, I, quite frankly, I don't do that. I probably should, but, you know, I work five days a week. I come here and preach, and then on Sunday, I prepare lessons to teach during the week. I'm pretty much going every day. So when I'm preaching this sermon, I'm really preaching it to myself, and you're just kind of listening to the conversation in my head. See, this type of rest can radically change your life, can change your schedule. Stepping out in faith can feel awkward, but we must make faith choices each and every day. We must choose God over other things in our lives. We invest our best in the things of God, and he will take care of the rest. See, I'm not here just to tell you you need to read your Bible more, even though we probably all do. If that were my point, we'd all have gained a lot of head knowledge, but it would never truly sink down into our hearts. Instead, I want to direct you to a single verse in the book of Psalms, one that can radically reshape the way you think about time invested with God, especially in relation to where it fits in your schedule. Psalm chapter 84 and verse 10 says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. There are 365 days in a year. That would mean that a thousand days, as the writer talks about in this verse, is almost three years. In three years, you can do a lot. In three years, you can get a master's degree. In three years, you can finish law school. In three years, your child can complete middle school. Three years is a long time. The writer of this psalm is completely convinced that a single day, one 24-hour period with God, is greater than a thousand years doing anything else. So I need to ask you, more than an entire day with God, does your day consist of any time with him? Maybe you're sitting here today and you're at the end of yourself. You're at your breaking point. You've tried to figure out all of this stuff and all you feel at the end of the day is drained. 
Your schedule's full. But you're still making time for family. Maybe even a day off or two during the week. How could this be? See, it's all about what you and I are pouring our lives into. The rhythm of investment with God must be a daily decision. Maybe it happens when you wake up in the morning. Instead of checking email, looking at your calendar, scrolling through Instagram, maybe you physically get out of bed, walk over to a Bible, and spend some time with God. Or maybe for you, this needs to be an evening activity. The workday is finished, but prior to going to bed, you want to close your day off the right way. See, I'm simply advocating that you try something, that you take a step in faith and invest your time with God. In addition to that, there's one more practical step I would offer you today. One that Jesus shows us even before his public ministry began. Jesus was on this earth for 33 years prior to his death and resurrection. And he only spent three of those years working miracles, teaching crowds of people, and healing the sick. And the scripture only tells us just a small bit about Jesus' life before any of that was happening. Luke chapter 2 tells us this. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding. And his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like that? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why are you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Did you catch that last statement from Jesus? He had to be in his father's house. Another translation says, I had to be involved with my father's affairs. See, this truly is a foundational key to taking your schedule from a hot mess to a manageable calendar. Maybe the action step you need to take today is a very, very simple, yet extremely hard one to do. Give God control of your schedule. It's hard to do. There are deadlines we must meet. There's a family to care for. There are things that just come up at the last minute that have to be done. But before even making a list, before making our calendar, before crafting our schedule, maybe we begin to lay it down at the feet of Jesus and say for the very first time you get to call the shots 
You get to make the schedule. This this requires a giant step of faith, but it's necessary. It's a necessary step of faith if you want to get your chaotic schedule under control and to give it into the hands of God. If you practice this enough, if you truly want to change, I trust that God will meet you. In fact, Jesus tells us this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. As you press into Jesus, your priorities will begin to shift. You will be about your Father's business. You will intertwine that gospel message into everything that you find yourself doing people will start to notice it too your family will notice it your co-workers will notice it and we as a church will notice it you will finally have a time for a sabbath rest each and every week you will set aside time each and every day for an investment in his word and to build your relationship with him see this is how you find peace in the midst of chaos. This is how you get control out of of a hot mess of a schedule. You give it all to him. You surrender everything. Now, I have no idea what this looks like for you. I don't know what's going on in your life at this moment, and I don't know what may need to change or to adjust for you to feel at peace. I've shared a bit about what it looks like for me. But seeing as how we are different, I wouldn't expect it to be the same for you. Now, with that said, I hope you can see that the principles that we glean from Scripture are the same for all of us. These practical steps can can take your schedule from a hot mess to a manageable one. You can go from surviving to thriving. And remember, if rest was important for God, then it's important for you and I as well. Because the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Consider taking this step of faith to cultivate a peace-filled life of blessing and joy and start today. Heavenly Father, you know my schedule. You know the needs of my life just like you know the needs of every person here. Help me to manage all of this. Everything that's on my plate, help me to manage it in a healthy way that honors you, that reflects you to those around me. Help me to step out in faith and to trust you for everything in my life, including rest. In Jesus' name, amen.